So if you think we're ready for an actual emergency, something I've been thinking for a long time, uh, you know, we, we aren't. We are not. And now we know for sure. The uh, National Security and Intelligence Committee have done a study on the RCMP's federal mandate. And what it reveals is a lot of really open uh, dysfunction across the operation. And basically, the way they lay it out, like this is a force, a federal police force, but it's a split between provincial policing contracts that serve the smaller communities, and then they're supposed to still be able to do the federal policing, which would include, so, you know, on a day they could be dealing with anything with a cat up a tree, but also, you know, needed in areas to, to, to investigate areas like foreign interference or espionage, money laundering, organized crime, border crime, that kind of stuff. And the study reveals that provincial contracts are taking up such a huge amount of resources, it makes it impossible for our national police force to actually investigate bigger and more complicated threats, which means we're not being served or protected, certainly not by our federal police force. And given what we saw and learned during the Emergencies Act and all that stuff, are we surprised? We should be uh, alarmed. Uh, Dr. Christian Luprecht, professor over at Royal Military College of Canada, expert on security and defense, also very timely, author of Dirty Money, Financial Crime in Canada. And that is now published by McGill-Queens University Press. Great to have you, Professor. Good morning, Alex. Boy, oh boy, um, like money laundering and, and organized crime are so massive in this, in this country. And, and now I, I'm reading through this report going, well, now I know why they don't get investigated. But certainly from the Mass Casualty Commission into the Nova Scotia shootings, we knew that changes had to be made structurally because it, it was so dysfunctional. But what's your big takeaway from the report? That we have a uh, federal and national force mm-hmm. that spends 85% of its time and resources effectively doing contract policing mm-hmm. uh, for 10 provinces, three territories, <clears throat> a host of municipalities, and uh, some indigenous policing. And that it's really not performing particularly well on any of its mandates which is partially because the commissioner and the RCMP have the largest span of control of any police force in the democratic world. So yeah. it is a jack of all trades and quite literally a master of none. Yeah, it's true. And I'm not, I'm not being, that's not to disparage the, the, the women and men on the front lines. Uh, but when you look at this report, it is so disjointed where they've got all these different, you know, systems set up, where they've got all these different managements, uh, you know, no one talks to one another. I don't know who's sending who a memo, uh, but they, they aren't serving uh, the, the, the country. And we've seen this with certainly the, uh, you know, interference with China, where they're supposed to look at this stuff. They don't have the time. And again, you see all the failures we've seen. It's, I'm worried what we're not investigating. Yeah, so much of this echoes my own report with McDonald-Laurie Institute in 2017 on uh, Force 2.0, uh, as I call it. So the, the many of the challenges that are being laid out here are well known and are documented over decades. Um, my report has an appendix um, with dozens of reports that have been written over the decades. So nothing here per se is entirely new. The challenges, I think nobody quite has a handle on uh, how do you actually engage in RCMP reform because it is so unwieldy and the risk that politicians see is that uh, given that the organization is broken, mm. they're afraid that if you try to reform it, you're going to break it completely. But of course, what the report lays out 
is that the organization really doesn't deliver on some of the highest priorities that Canadians have. Look, I mean, the government is trying to effectively uh, impose an entire ban on handguns through recent legislation, but it has a federal police force that can't investigate the most significant flow of handguns in the country, which is across the border. We have a police force that cannot investigate foreign interference and foreign influence of illegality and criminality in our democratic institutions. A a police force that cannot investigate some of the most heinous crimes in this country when it comes to fentanyl, for instance, Mm -hmm. because they don't have a capacity to follow the money when it comes to very systematic and professional trans-organized crime, and they don't have the ability to investigate, for instance, sanctions evasion through Canadian companies where the government is quite happy on a regular basis to announce more sanctions on Russian and other entities on which we have no capacity to actually follow through. Right. Yeah, it it is such a... um it's just such a, a peanut shell game because here's a, you know, it's an appointed position by the prime minister. Um, so there's that lack of, I think, trust in the system where people are beginning to think, well, they're not really doing their job. So is it that they're trying to help the prime minister? So there's that loss of trust. But then there, there's the, like, how do you fix this? Like, how do you fix it so that they are actually protecting the country? Because, you know, it's in our vested interest to make sure that when there's interference, we know it's being dealt with. Or when there's police stations, they are at Chinese police stations, they are actually shutting them down. I don't think any of that's happening. Well, one clear takeaway is that um, every time politicians don't like what's happening in RCMP, they change right. the commissioner yeah. and they assume they're going to get a different outcome. And of course, one definition of insanity is you do the same thing over and over again in the hopes of getting a different outcome. So clearly this report points out that there are systematic structural issues and you cannot get there from here. Mm-hmm. The other is, and I think this is a very important takeaway, that ultimately this is about political authority and political direction. Sure. That on many of the issues that ail the RCMP, those are not necessarily of the RCMP's own making. Mm-hmm. They require direction from the government on how to proceed, whether that is on how to prioritize data, on how to priority, uh, prioritize and account for money, for human resources, the fact that national headquarters has no integrated capacity to and visibility on all the federal policing investigations across the country, that we essentially have local divisions at the provincial level that set priorities for federal policing instead of having an integrated top-down approach the way the National Crime Agency in the UK does in terms of how we parse and prioritize investigations, and the fact that there's no single integrated systematic data and evidence gathering system as the report lays out there are three different systems that don't talk to each other mm-hmm. and nobody in the RCMP actually has full visibility uh, on any of uh, any of the data here so we can't be surprised that on the one hand it takes forever to do investigations that many of these investigations ultimately fall apart and even when investigations ultimately get to court then they often fall apart as a result of uh, of defense uh, of, of of defense challenges to the evidence so there's a lot clearly that needs to be fixed here, but Canadians should be concerned because, of course, we live in very dangerous times. No we keep on talking it. about gray zone activities, hybrid warfare, and the institution that needs to perform for Canadians to defend and protect their security, their prosperity, and their democracy based on this report is clearly not performing for them.
No, and it takes political will, right? And the concern I would have is this is not a government that puts a lot of time into policing. Uh, and they're, maybe they're not their only one because there's the, these failures and go back many, many years and decades. Uh, but we got to fix this. Um, we can't have federal police doing provincial jobs. So that has to be uh, taken out. We're losing $700 million of the policing budget at the federal level just to, to you know, and 600 positions and all the police are ending up in provinces. So the provinces have got to do their own policing. But how long would you say this would take to fix? Because I'm looking at a couple of, a couple of years at least, so assuming we get to, the political will. To the RCMP's credit, I mean, former Deputy Commissioner Gilles Michaud made significant changes, uh, especially after the Ziaf Bibo attack on, uh, on Parliament. Yeah. Uh, trying to uh, make the federal policing capacity more efficient, more effective, trying to build um, uh, some walls between the contract policing side and the federal policing side. But the report clearly points out that, uh, as you say, that individuals and money is scarce, and so those get drawn inherently to the contract uh, to the contract policing side. I have long argued that ultimately what this country needs is a quasi uh, FBI sort of federal policing investigative and uh, institutional capacity. All other democracies in the Western world have it, with the exception of Canada, which has this curious, continue-to-be-hybrid organization that really is very paramilitary in its structure and very focused on tactical deliveries rather than on the strategic priorities of the organization. Look at, for instance, the Australian Federal Police um, and um, and their ability to do criminal intelligence, our criminal intelligence capacity in this country is uh, woefully inadequate relative to the challenges and threats that we face. And the consequences from that are very significant because our allies and partners are losing no faith in Canada's oh, ability faith. to deliver um, on the priorities that we've set together, for instance, at Five Eyes meetings and at G7 meetings. Oh, boy. I, I, I like talking to you so much, and I'm so thoroughly depressed, but I still like talking to you. But I appreciate it. It's just so depressing. Well, I think, yeah. you know, we need to raise the level of informed conversation so Canadians can say this is unacceptable and we want and need change. And if we're talking about things like foreign interference on a daily basis, I think this report allows Canadians to understand why nothing is really happening on the federal level in terms of investigations and why there's no credibility when the Prime Minister says, yes, the RCMP is investigating, but then nothing ever happens in terms of the actual payoff. Uh, why when the commissioner goes before committee and says, yes, they have open investigations, but we never actually then hear anything about the outcomes of these investigations because they ultimately go nowhere. And so this is an opportunity for Canadians to make clear to their politicians in the next federal election that they want this as a priority. 100%. Could not agree with you more. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Alex. There have you a great go. morning. Awesome, uh, Professor Christian Luprecht. I don't know where he finds the time to write as much as he does, but he does have a new book. It's uh, Dirty Money, Financial Crime in Canada, published uh, by McGill Queen's University Press. And look, organized crime is out of control. It has been for a very long time. So he's right. We have to get on this. And how do you do that? Make it very clear to MPs or you're uh, in the next election. This has to be a priority because it's scary.